Life Skills 101, Skills for a Digital Age, sponsored by the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network and True North Homeschool Academy. True North offers live online classes, clubs, ebooks, and more. From special needs to parent classes, True North builds a community through digital format in an age of loneliness and desolation. Our host, Lisa Nearing, is a homeschooler with five kids who was homeschooled with her husband, Dr. David Nearing, for 27 years. They are committed to equipping fellow homeschoolers and Christians with the tools they need to navigate a complex world in need of a savior. Now, without further ado, Lisa Nearing. Hey, everybody. It is Lisa Nearing with True North Homeschool Academy, and I'm here today with some special guests. This is one of my daughters, Kendra Vitito, and her husband, Tony Vitito. And they have two kiddos who are adorable, and they have decided to homeschool them. And so um, I wanted to give you guys the perspective of our family with one parent who was a homeschooler and one who was a public schooler and how they came to the decision to homeschool. So Kendra was homeschooled her whole life um, until she went to cosmetology school, the best hair cutter and color in the, that I've ever had and wow. she's way away from me. So thanks, honey. <laughs> and Tony went to public school and then he got a great scholarship to go on to a Votech program that, um, and you can tell a little bit about that too, because that's a great part of your story. Um, But I I would just like to tell us who you are and what you're doing and why you decided to homeschool. (laughs) To continue being anomalies. An anomaly? (laughs) Continue that trend. You want me to go first? Well, you're the one that kind of like, yeah. Okay. Um, I'll just start with the introduction. I'm Tony. Um, yes, I, I was public schooled, uh, K through 12 in the Jefferson County, Kentucky school system. And I did participate in a, uh, program called SkillsUSA, uh, similar to FFA, but instead of agricultural based, it's, uh, skilled trade, um, competed from my sophomore year in high school all the way through my senior year, uh, was very competitive in it. And, um, I was a state champion in two separate um, competitions in two separate years. Um, Because in in 2010, I was first place for um, job demonstrations and uh, presentations. You want to go take care of Um, (laughs) We have kids. So uh, in 2010, um, competed in job demonstration, which was more of business-based um, presentations. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did automotive for finishing in 2010 as well. Placed first in, in um, demonstrations and second in refinishing my junior high school. Went off to nationals. Didn't, wasn't as competitive nationally in demonstrations. Um, I think I was 28th, 29th in, out of 50. Uh-huh. Um, but I am a nervous wreck when it comes to presentations. Um, but so you made it to nationals. That's like a big deal. <laughs> I did. That was my first inter. That, that was just, at that point in my life, as far as west I've ever been. Because um, at that point in time, Skills USA's nationals was in uh, Kansas City. Okay. Uh, so I was able to go back to back. The second year, I went for finishing. Um, with state, I, I was able to get a full ride scholarship to Lincoln College of Technology in Indianapolis, um, where I went for 14 months, graduated top of my class, and have been painting cars or working on cars or mechanic (laughs) ever since. Uh Um, But anywho, one of the big things that drives me more to homeschooling is more of a custom a custom curriculum for each kid. Right. Uh, you get to look at what your child is strongest in, and you're able to kind of adjust things accordingly. If they're falling behind in phonics. You can kind of adjust, work with them more. It's not this rigid, everything has to fit this mold. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, growing up in Louisville and through the public school system without, you know, elementary. I, I had my own struggles. Uh, I had a lot of speech therapies I had to go through. Um, I struggled a lot through elementary. Um, I, you know, to this day, I struggle with spelling and where, and reading and 
where I could have had an opportunity if I was set homeschool to address some of those problems early on. It, it, they, they weren't addressed. I was in a school setting with 30 other kids. So you either sink or swim. Yeah. And, um, plus I go, I mean, it's a lot of it's dependent on the resources that you have, that your school system has, that your parents yeah. have, yeah. um, that your community has. And like, uh, Louisville has resources to a point, but if you make a certain amount, then those resources aren't available to you. They're only available up yeah. until three years old. And then that pool of resources um, shrinks quite uh, a bit. Tremendously. Yeah, tremendously. And, and I mean, just the school systems are very picky and choosy, like where you have to fit certain types and these boxes in order to get the, the yeah. help that you need. And they're very quick to want to throw you on medication. Very if, quick. If you're a, an energetic kid or if you, you have high energy or you're, you learn a little differently, they're very quick to want to send to send have the parents send them to put them on riddle. I was thrown on riddle. Like and so I think was actually I was like four. Okay. Wow. Uh, so because I, I had been actually so I actually was wrong. I had been in I was in the public school system from pre K. Okay. So I did You were in Right Start I was in Right Start before it was pre K mm -hmm. and um and I was on Ritalin. Mm -hmm. on that and uh I, I mean the teacher pulled his dad aside and was like we can't school your son unless he's on medication we won't, i won't i can't accept it you know wow. i had a lot of energy yeah. um you still have I a mean, lot of energy it amazes me how much you've done <laughs> i would say tony you some people might say um your story is a success story for public school because you had these struggles and these problems, and yet you went on to go to national competitions. He did it kind of to prove people wrong, though. I, I, you know, I, yeah, I, he, he still I, does that. You go, oh, you can't do it. Day, Don't do it. And he goes, I'm going to show you. You tell me I can't do it. I'm going to find a way to figure out how to do it. Yeah. Okay. Unless I just hit a, a brick wall. And, yeah. then you, you know, then, the you, then you try to figure out either how to climb the wall or to go through the wall. Right. Um. You know, I think in some in some degrees, yes. Um, I I could see how it in some aspects it could be. I know in high school, um, I really had at that point I could really tell who which teachers were really invested in it in the students and which ones weren't. Um, right, I think we all I, I mean, were, right. Think, yeah. <laughs> I, I, think, I mean, I think you were forced to, though, also because you got in a lot of fights in elementary school. Oh, yeah, I was I was, was in a lot of fights in elementary kid. school. He, you he know. got suspended. He got kicked out of the school entirely. And, um, oh. you know, middle school, I was, he, you know, pinned a kid up against the wall. Oh, that's I mean, high school. Yeah. That's, that's high school. Uh, we, high school. I'm not a violent person. No, we've talked about this before, Tony, and you had mentioned, you know, because of the speech impediment, because you have some you know, you had speech therapy and stuff that you got teased a lot. You were really bullied. And oh, yeah. And, and I was big. I'm for people that don't know me, I'm, I'm six foot four. Yeah. You're big. So, <laughs> I mean, I was five foot 11 in, in fifth grade. Right. But I was as big as the teachers. Yeah. And so with size, you know, you, you stand out more. Um, bullying is another big reason. I chose for, for homeschooling because uh, I mean I obviously I was in the school systems you know my elementary that was over 20 years ago yeah and it's a lot different than it was 20 years ago um, you know we weren't we were me and Kendra we were kind of in that generation where we really didn't know what cell phones where they were until they were like middle way. school until high school that was kind of like when they like flip phones were still a, a thing. Yeah. So our elementary school, we didn't have, you know, it wasn't cell phones. Everyone still played. We still had card well, games. And, a lot and, of people played like Xbox and Nintendo and stuff. And Xbox wasn't part, a thing until I was like, in high school. Here and I, we'd play outside all the time. Like that was, yeah. you know, at lunch, you'd go outside. You'd be outside as long as your mom would possibly let you. Yeah. And then you'd come in when you have to come yeah. in and you'd kind of claw at the ground so you wouldn't come right. in. And, and I think the same and that are growing up is very similar. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree. I, I can see like how some people would, would 
you know, classified as a success, but I, I will say I was lucky in my mm. sophomore, junior, and senior year to have some really good teachers. Yeah. Um, Who saw uh, the energy and potential of you because your eye-hand coordination and your ability to mechanically figure out stuff is really amazing to me. Like I'm coming from a non-mechanical point of view and I just like it, it is, you really have a lot of abilities and yeah. I think it's awesome that you, you did have some teachers who saw you and your gifts and we're like, ah, oh, we can channel this. <laughs> That's I mean, really we did. I saw, I, so, so wow. in Jefferson County yeah. and in Louisville, uh, how their high school systems are set up. Um, gosh, I don't know how many high schools there are now. There's like 30 high schools in the county. Wow. Um, most of the high schools, except for like five or six, they each have their own very specific um, vocational studies built into the schools. They they tried to restructure things about 20 years ago, and they got rid of the outside vocational. Yeah. Mm -hmm. A lot of uh, counties, like even my dad back in the 80s, they would leave school and go to a vocational school yeah. to do the vocational classes and then come back. And or well, after him, they'd go trudging through the snow to go to school after collecting the milk and they collect their two pennies yeah. to pay for their lunch to go to school so that they could have a family when they grew up. Anyway, and, I have to throw it in. So, <laughs> so, like, the high school that I went to, it was uh, Southern High School Magnet Career Program. Um, uh, well, it's like Southern High School Magnet. They they added like five different words at the end of it. Uh, but that specific school, I chose it because of they had collision repair. They had automotive for finishing or auto finishing is a collision repair. They had automotive technologies, which is your mechanics, your your engine side of it. They had CNC machining, and I think those were the three major um, programs and. I knew going into school that that was more of the route that I wanted to take from, from even time as, you know, a kid, I, I had been, I grew up riding around uh, body shops and my mom worked in, as an HR and the uh, account manager for a shop for 30 years. Wow. So as a kid, I grew up running around my uncle's on his own shop. My grandpa, he, he was one of those <clears throat> found like kind of groundbreaking one by people in the body industry because he learned everything in the 50s before modern repairs was done so everything up until i'm just going to call it bondo because it's the first brand that came out to fix cars you you fixed everything with lead so he did everything metal by hand did it all wow so, but even then, he kind of was like a pioneer in that because he left Kentucky, the first person in several generations. I left Kentucky and went to Chicago to go to school. Yeah, he went to Chicago. He to do cars. So he actually went to a trade school. Yeah. And was one of the, the first. In the 50s. In the so 50s after coming back from the war. To, yeah, after coming back from the war to learn how to work on cars. And he yeah, also That's really so, cool. It is actually really cool, especially, I don't know, I think it's cool. Oh, pictures it's pictures and hearing his mammals. His yeah. mamaw didn't think it was cool at the time. <laughs> it provided a good life. It's not a good home now. So. Uh, and, uh, you know, I've, so I, I was able to take advantage of that program to its full potential. Um, and it's just like almost anything you do. If you get out of it what you put in it. Mm -hmm. um, exactly. I, I went to, I mean, gosh, I there would be 30 kids in a class for, for collision and three kids would, would even care of what's going on. And most of them, they just picked it because it was a way to get that point or that, that percentage they need for their, mm -hmm. to graduate. And that yeah. was it. Right. And so in high school I did, um, I did two years, my sophomore and junior year of automotive mechanics. Um, I did level one and level two, um, mechanics side. Um, and I opted out my senior year, um, because I, I ended up going full blast collision. So, um, my sophomore, junior, senior year, I did collision one, two, three. My third year, I didn't actually participate in the program. Um, I co-opt out of classes, um, because I had gotten a job working at a body shop 
my senior year of high school. So I was getting actually in the field on hands training. And um, so I was able to go to school for an hour and a half a day my senior year. Um, But I was able to take that stuff and actually go somewhere with it. I went to, to Lincoln tech and instead of, um, instead of just kind of writing it off, yeah, I got a free, you know, I got a full ride scholarship for it. Uh, I actually, I'm going to kind of get back a little bit, just through all the things that I did with SkillsUSA, um, with the collision repair and, and the job scope administration, by the time I graduated, actually, I was one of the top kids in the school in my senior year that had scholarships. Um, I actually had a combined uh, amount of over $105,000 in scholarships. That's awesome. For four or five different colleges. Wow. Um, so I was actually able to choose. Um, where I was able to go, I had I was I could have either went all the way to Wyoming, um, Ohio, Cleveland, uh, Indianapolis, Nashville was one of them. I think there was one more I just can't. There was one more in South Dakota. And, uh, mm-hmm. and who could have met in South Dakota? <laughs> you were in duty school, so yeah, we still could have met. You were in tech school. I was in tech school. Hey, anyway, okay. <laughs> it's true. Alternate reality, right? So, so I was able to. To really utilize the programs and the extracurricular stuff for my advantage, um, I had a, an automotive mechanic teacher who actually founded the skills program in that high school, That's and he he saw the potential yeah. and really kind of mentored me to to really pursue it because I I really wasn't I really wasn't sure of doing it. And um, I was kind of, I was really able to work hard with it. And actually, I found that I enjoyed it. Yeah. And make it work um, for for me to where to, honestly, today it still impacts what I do. I, I've been able to be in the automotive field now for, <laughs> I'm only 30, but it, 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 I've, I've been, I've been working on cars since 14. Or 15. Wow. Um, 15 years, half your lifetime. And so it's been a good opportunity. And, but back to the schooling, um, I I can look back and see where I could have done so much better. Mm -hmm. Um, Because where elementary, middle school really, really failed, I went, so the middle school program that I went to was a little different mm-hmm. um i wish my mom kind of didn't sway me or actually kind of pushed me in the opposite way and, and chose a different middle school um i went to a middle school that was up the road from my house it was a very rough school um a lot of the students at that school um came from rough parts of town gang violence mm-hmm. um so there was a lot of that type of dynamics at the school. Plus, instead of actually trying to improve the, the school itself, they decided, so this was 2004 or five, somewhere around there. They, they were like, we're going to buy Apple laptops for everyone. And that's how we're going to make school scores better. Right. And it didn't. It didn't make anything better. All it did was give people during school things to play with. Yeah. And, so instead of actually really learning uh, a ton in middle school, it was kind of like just squeaked by. And actually, most of the people in school was like that. It was a very failed. They ended up ditching that program about two years after I I left middle school because it was it, test scores never improved. Yeah. And you know I see things in my own kids where I'm like, if they were in a normal elementary school setting. That they would get either, you know, Sam is Sam and Lizzie are both very smart, mm-hmm. but Sam definitely has energy. Yeah. And if you, I, this week has been awesome for really getting to see how he learns. Yeah. 
because it's if really strike his interest and it's fun he is glued to it and he's he's learning it but if you, you try to make it mundane and normal like a school like i went to school with yeah you get his attention for about five minutes and it's it's gone and at that point he's not learning anything he's looking at the wall or trying to play with his fingers or lizzie they're lizzie's the same way they they their attention spans only so long it's not because they're not smart it's they're they're five and six year old kids and yeah you you can't slap them inside of a of a room for six seven hours a day and expect them to sit down and be, and be perfect little right you know worker bees yeah and I I just I want it more for them I wanted them to be able to have that opportunity to learn more languages um I being married to Kendra like I, I see where she's had advantages even in the being homeschooled and it's been a, um, a the back and forth with my my mom because my mom's still very pro public school and and it's not that she's you know bad or wrong thinking for it it's just she, she has never taken the time or seen the potentials with with it with homeschooling and with with Kendra like she's had you guys have, you know, y'all did Latin and learned different languages and more stuff that's Christian based. Um, cause I, to be honest, I don't even know if you even learn religion in schools anymore. Yeah. I, um, because not Christian religion probably. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they, they'll probably teach you Islam now or, or Hindu, but, um, and, There's more of a of a family drive focus to being homeschooled. You it takes more responsibility for the parents, which it, that's how your kids are supposed to learn. And I I feel like the public school system no longer the parents are supposed to be part of it. It's the the teachers at a public school are, are now the the intern parents. Right. Yeah. In many ways, yeah. That's how especially Louisville started to turn into it was. It was no longer, um, well, when test scores are bad or if my, my kid's not doing well, it was directly resulted. There was no look at, at, well, what's going on in the home? How is the parent involved? It was just strictly, well, it's the teacher, it's the school system. And, and that's what it, it, it turned into. And I mean, me and Kendra, we've now, we've gone to, couple of uh just the homeschool conventions in the last oh, well see we we finally went to the one in, in cincinnati uh last last year and my mind was blown it was absolutely blown on how much there is out there now yeah and well, if you want to learn something you can find it <laughs> yeah and now there's still there's still things that are lacking i would i'm hopeful that in coming years there's going to be more um vocational that's something that I think would really have very strong impacts in the community for homeschoolers because I think that's one of the things that some of them are absolutely left out of because um, yeah. there's you know a lot of kids could really benefit you know um, educationally with it academically, uh, academically yeah because yeah. you know some people are really hands-on learners and they're really skilled at it and it can open up pathways for them that they never never knew and there's a lot of parents that aren't hands-on and they're like what do i do with my hands-on child you know what do i do with my energy child i need 10 cups of coffee before i can (laughs) breathe yeah so it's definitely you know having that community which i feel like i feel the homeschool community really offers something for that like you know if you don't if you or your husband can't source that energy or that creativity mm-hmm. to help them with an outlet for that oh, then yeah. there's you know there's for homeschoolers you now there's online there's you know tnha there's uh, memoria press and veritas press all have online options like there yeah there's so many options where if you don't have it then someone else out there does because the pool oh of resources gosh, that's are a, that's so much another, bigger than what they were when point. we were homeschooling like because yeah. i you know just like going to these conventions mm-hmm. like i remember public school you don't know 
how old your curriculum really is yeah. at the public school. <laughs> I, I remember true. having books that they look like they just came back from Desert Storm. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, that are just now selling from the library like last year. You know, and, they need new curriculum. Like, and it was a big deal. Like I remember in 13 years, like I remember three years actually having new school books. Wow. Um, and up to date because of funding. You know, right, public right, school right. you're dealing with a ton of kids. Yeah. And, and you know what? Homeschooling, you're you you get the ability to actually look through your curriculum and see what what you're getting yeah. um, before you actually buy, especially on yeah. Like, yeah, that is, that is such a great point. And you know, after we had a house fire 14 years ago, and we were still homeschooling four kids at that point, and I just quit saving curriculum once we were done with it for the school year, unless it was phonics or something we were going to reuse. Mm-hmm. I I actually gave it away or sold it or composted it because. Yeah. It's a billion dollar market and there's so much new creative stuff coming on the market. And I'm not saying if you find something that works and you love it, go with it. I I don't like training things all the time, but there is such new great stuff coming out all the time in the homeschool community. It's amazing. Yeah. It it really is. Like I you know, you can you, you have the ability to mix and match stuff. And if you see something's working and something's not you, you just you swap it up because yeah. it's not that there's you know one's bad or one's good or there's you know that's the beauty of it because you can really figure out what your kid works better with because uh, one one brands or one 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 history book might work better than the other history book right. and one english one might work better than a different and the phonics is the same way and like we've we've mixed and matched and and found what what's really kind of worked a little better mm-hmm. and uh, Kendra's done an amazing job at really finding that balance. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, she's really kind of trying to look and research what we have yeah. to work with. Well, and that just goes back to your first point of you can really customize it for the child, for your budget, for, I mean, I got to a point with homeschooling that I always tried to find something new for me that Mm -hmm. I was going to teach the kids every year. Because when you homeschool for like, you know, 30 years, like we did, you You get get to a point where you just need like, mom needs some new input. You know what I mean? Yeah. (laughs) I need a new book to read. (laughs) I Literally, I would go to the conventions and go, what do I want to learn this year? I mean, I always did take that into account and it, and it did keep things fresh because if you're the one kind of leading the troops, if you're bored and, you know, you just can't stand it anymore, it does, it does it re- reflect to your children. That's it you, does. You know, <laughs> who you're surrounded by. Yeah. So if you have the mother aboard, right, they, your kids are going to go, mom, this is so boring. No, they pick it up. <laughs> For sure. Okay. No one, then they're like, can I go to school? And, and that's another, like, that's a great point too. You, you said it like, what do I want to learn? Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, such a great excuse to keep learning. You're, you're still, you, you get sure. to learn. You get to learn new things. And and it's. Or refresh on things or learn more about a subject. Or oh, yeah. go, I wonder what it would look like from this angle, you know? Yeah. And that's definitely. I know, Tony, you and I have had this conversation like a while ago. You're a history buff. And I really, I mean, homeschooling is such a great place to really dive deep into history and really get multiple sources and really go on field trips. And we have so many great memories of awesome field trips to historical places. Um, but yeah, it's a fun way for parents to learn too. <laughs> oh, oh, well, we had a field trip yesterday to the, to the, um, the Tennessee Aquarium and I got I to be, played as I played as much as the kids did. Yeah. I mean, it's, Video proof on my Facebook. If, if, I know, right? If you're trying to, to take in a a, a, um, a stance of learning and it's and you enjoy it, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun because yeah. it's hard not to go to someplace that's historical or, or someplace scientific and not have a blast. Like you know, we 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 got to honestly, it was awesome being able to go through the middle of the day because you get to experience things that if you had normally gone on a weekend yeah 
you wouldn't have done because we've gone to the same aquarium on Saturdays and you it's like going to a stockyard. You're getting pushed through the whole thing. You don't get to really take the time to, to really take everything in or read everything or learn about it. And we were able to go in on a week weekday and and in the morning. Uh, in the morning and we got to meet the staff. Um, got the kids got to do uh, activities with staff. Got to yeah. handle shark teeth and they did activities teeth that and, the staff had put up. That they just they were and, kids and they were just interested and they showed it fresh, you, know, you know, excitement. The so kids. He one, was like, "Here's my personal collection." Yeah. I, one guy had was he was uh, he had a small um, alligator uh, snapping turtle yeah. and he would pick them up. So he would open his mouth and let the kids see. Obviously, no one stick the fingers in there, but. You, you get to see it. You're you were within feet of inches, inches of this this animal that normally you you're seeing from behind glass. Yeah, and and we were able to experience all that, and the kids really got to learn. And and during the whole thing, you, you're doing lessons while you're doing it. Yeah. Or like most people don't know at Tennessee Aquariums, they feed every day at eleven o'clock in the morning. That was awesome. So yeah. So. Um, between 11 and 2 is usually when they have their feeding. So they'll do like the bigger creatures in the later afternoon. But you don't know that if you go on weekends because they get all that out of the way in the morning because it's so busy. So they need all hands on deck just manager- monitoring mm-hmm. these swarms of People. humanity oh, yeah. instead of feeding uh, the catfish or the, yeah, cause we were, what were we watching them? We were uh, in the paddlefish. Yeah, they were in the um, feed the turtles. Tennessee like, River expedition mm-hmm. or uh, exhibit. So it was like massive catfish and um, sturgeon and paddlefish, and they're sitting there hand, hand feeding, feeding these things. And he's like, yeah, dark. if you boop their nose, that's the most sensitive mm-hmm. part on a fish. So like you have this very aggressive catfish, you just you know touch mm-hmm. its nose right. and it'll back off and let the other fish eat. And we're like, mm-hmm. so it was it was yeah. you know it's just mm-hmm. like that like. You don't, that's just something that's much, it's just You don't see like, it you if, don't see it. Like it's, if you, you have know, a typical school week. Yeah, yeah. like, I, I remember going on adventures as a kid, but not, it was never like that. Yeah. It was, you know, you kind of went, walked around, you playing with friends. It wasn't like, you weren't really taking everything in. And yeah. They really were able to take everything in. They got to do the exhibits, touch the stingrays, and. And you know, like or said, Liz's case screen because she didn't want to touch the slime. <laughs> you know. I love it. I just, just I I remember when we were lived in California. We went to a certain park. I remember that Lacey one. Park so much. One of the most beautiful parks in the world. And it was it was like our park. I mean, it was a world renowned park. But we went there so often. Our kids know all the all the cool places, the big trees, and the really cool overhand things and. That was like our place, you know, and I love, that's kind of what you're describing about the aquarium. It's like your kids have this familiarity with, mm-hmm. with it that if you go when it's so crowded, you just don't get that sense of it's personal. Exactly. You know? I mean, it's yeah. just like, it's the same with Falls Creek Falls Park yeah. though, as well. Like, yeah, you know, you go on the weekends or on Christmas and there's so many people there and the kids are like, well, can we go to our little spot over here that no one knows about? Yeah. You know, or can we go to this little corner or can we go down mm-hmm. to the bottom of the waterfall since no one knows that you can do that when there's ice pot kind of thing, you know? You know, there's, yeah, it is because, you know, you get to. I don't think you grew up with that much. Like you had, no, you had the woods that you hunt no, at, I, but. I, yeah, but not, not to that extent. Like, yeah. that's one thing that's been awesome about homeschooling. We've been able to do and we've been able to see so many different historical places and parks and. And even at young ages, they've been able to have fun with it. I mean, when we were in Florida, we would go to the, um, what was it, Fort Pickens? Mm-hmm. Fort Pickens and, and Fort, um, and, um, uh, yeah, there's no and we would go, beach. and yeah. we would go up there and they'd play with the kids, mess yeah. around the fort, find the bunkers and play, you know, they still got to experience all that you know, at an early age. I love how much you guys, you are so intentional about having your kids outside. Um, Even when you're home with them and we're on the phone, Kendra, you're outside with the kids. Like, and you're in Tennessee, so you have more outside days than we might in South Dakota. It's a portrait though, really. Cause they're like, it's negative five. Let's go outside and bring our toes off. Let's frostbite. Can I have frostbite? I want to feel it too. Yes, that, the negative, the, the negative four or five day that we had here, that, that they were just like, we're gonna go run and play. I'm like, no, you actually need to wear <laughs> stuff. 
or mm. if it's like 90 degrees and 100% humidity, they're still like, got to go outside, mom. So yeah, definitely. So it's such a great way to raise yeah, kids in nature. I agree. Yeah. It's, such, it's so good for their, their mental health and physical health. This has been a great list. Homeschooling allows you to customize. You don't have the bullying. They can develop an attention span. Um, mm -hmm. What do the parents want to learn? And you get to be involved in field trips and outdoor places. Such a great list. Or do you regret not having your kids in public school at all? No. No, I, I don't. I mean. And why not? I, I, I don't. I don't regret it. Um, I think as a homeschool family, it, it pushes you actually a little to work harder for your kids. Mm -hmm. um, and there's more of, um, there's more actual connection and time with, with, with the kids. Um, you know, I remember as, you know, being their age, um, I, I would be gone from the house from six in the morning and there'd be days I didn't get back home till six in the afternoon. So I'd be gone all all day before I'd see my, my parents. And, wow. you know, that. That's a long day. But, you know, I think I remember that, too, because if you did anything extra like band or anything, that was before or after school. So you'd have your school day plus the bus ride. Plus the activity, it it was those were long days. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It was long. I I I just I don't regret it. Um, and honestly, I know each state does things a little differently. Um, I'm, I'm not. I I know you're more familiar with South Dakota's why they do it, and in Tennessee, realistically, um, you have all all the opportunity for them to do the extracurricular. Okay. As a public schooler, um, if they wanted to, to try out for a basketball team or a baseball team, they have every right awesome. to, to do that because you're you're still homeschooling within that school district. Yeah. And so That's awesome. So you have the public school services available to you there. Mm -hmm. That is fantastic. So you, you, yeah. there's there's more. I feel like there's more to gain from them. Um, they they have a better time learning. Um, plus they don't have, you don't have to sit there and worry about what's happening at school. Um, because, um, you know, going to school at their age in, in Louisville, you know, you're dealing with and nothing against anybody because everyone comes from different backgrounds, different economic backgrounds. And, and, but there is some baggage that comes with that, with when you're, you know, some I you know I've gone to elementary school with people now that I know that are in prison. So, oh. and like for manslaughter, and and, and it's oh, it's bad. it's not that I'm I'm I fear for his safety or the kid's safety. That's I know some people that's their their why they do it, and that's not why. I I just I want them to be able to have the best chance that they can to learn. Yeah. and be able to go further with it. Um, if that's more of an academic route or more of a, of a skill-based route, that's, that's you know, for them to figure out and for us to kind of help help mold. Yeah, and, steward them. Yeah, steward them. And, you know, I, I've been able to have a better relationship with my kids that way. And, and you know. Terrible. And, you know, <laughs> Kendra is able to, you know, she's, she gets to actually watch them grow up. Yeah. And I know how, you know, it's every, every parent in the world has had someone walk up to them and go, don't blink because they grow up quick. Yeah. And I'm like, and it's true. You blink, don't blink. It's it true. Quick. Yeah. But when you homeschool, you get to see it. Yeah. yeah. It's, you get to see it in real time. Yeah. Well, I got my snapshot when they went to the beginning of mm -hmm. first grade and then beginning yeah. of second grade and see how much they've grown. I'm like, you know, we can, we get to see it. We get to see that growth in real time. And, and yeah, that's a great way to see it because I mean, that old adage, you know, the days are short or the, the days are long. The years are short is so true, but I love what you yeah. said is you get to see your kids grow up in real time. Um, yeah. that is, that is such a great gift. Um, we're in such a busy culture where 
I feel like social media just speeds things up. Like there's so much to do. I mean, some days I get texts and emails and boxes and, you know, DMs and PMs and so many. It's vortex. Oh my it's gosh. Really like, oh, it's, it really is. Yeah. It can get really kind of overwhelming. And um, I think homeschooling, if you're really focused on it, you get to just put that aside and look at the person in front of you. Yeah. And that's exactly. really a gift. It's a and gift. That's, and honestly, that's, that's something that really is lost today. Yeah. Nobody, nobody knows how to, to talk anymore. Yeah. The how art of times, conversation. Yeah. yeah. Like how many times did we go to a restaurant and everyone's looking at screens? Yeah. Like, and you know, with homeschooling, you're having, your, your kids are learning that art of communication yeah. early. <laughs> As you get yeah. up to talk to your kids. It, but, you know, that's how kids are. They just, and you got a little one who doesn't feel well. And that's but you have, And I it. also think that you have to get up and talk to them. Like, you know, what doesn't feel good? What, yeah. You know. Conversate, conversate about specifics. Right. Yeah. That you don't wouldn't get to otherwise. Yeah. You know, Jimmy was sent home with a toothache. Not, my son refuses to go get his tooth pulled. So he doesn't have a toothache. He had an infection in his tooth. That now is gone. But, you know. It's yeah. not just hearsay from a teacher. It's actually you have to investigate because that's your responsibility. Yeah. And you really do have to take ownership for that because it's all oh, your responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, well, thanks. This has been this has been great. It's always and Kendra, what do you have to add? I mean, you're yeah. you grew you up homeschooling and you're continuing to homeschool. Are do you have any gr- regrets about being homeschooled or homeschooling? Okay. Not to put you on the spot or anything. But right. <laughs> My mom interviewing me. Wait, wait, right? <laughs> do you regret being homeschooled? <laughs> I can't Isn't wait. So come to class. I mean, clearly, uh, clearly, she's regretting I, it. I mean, I'm far from life. Clearly, we're <laughs> from the title of this this podcast. We're we're clearly. Well, I mean, is there stuff that you felt like you missed out on or um... I don't hindsight, you know, hindsight's always 2020. And I remember very specifically, I think there was a time where I begged you to send me to school. <laughs> and if I recall, that was also during a lot of upheaval in our life. Like we had a new baby, we moved. Yeah. Um, you know, different siblings were hitting different developmental stages. So that's always I think more challenging for parents and siblings. Yeah. Um I don't, I don't know if I could honestly say there's anything I regret. Um, I, I wish you had let me garden the chicken coop area more, but other than that, <laughs> you know, I had plans, I had a graph. You always have plans in a graph. <laughs> I actually, I think I've given up on plans permanently. <laughs> I'm kidding, not, not agreeing with you. <laughs> no. Never. I don't know. I don't know. It might be done with plans, actually. Is there a time plan something? It's like, yeah. How do you think, you know, know. it's, uh, you know, to be super, super spiritual, there's a lot of scripture about, um, or theology about, you know, God being of the wind and you got to be lenient with the wind. You can't see it, but you can feel the direction that it goes. And I think, I do remember you talked about how there was not, when you were growing up and you jumped around from school to school to school, there was not that um, that rooting, that that grounding mm-hmm. for you as a person. Like that was your grandparents. Yeah. Um, there wasn't a lot of dependency is the sense that I got that you had. And I think when you homeschool, there's a little bit more, your feet a little are a little bit more grounded. Like you have to have that day-to-day, you know, yeah. conversation, that day-to-day connection, that, if one child has a bad attitude, you don't just send them off to school. You have to figure out why, who, you still have how. To, you still have to you deal have with to it. You have to see them. You have that minute-by-minute minute interaction mm-hmm. with that person. So, you know, what gets the heart of the issue, Charlie? Yeah. Like, what's actually going on? Um, and I think that homeschooling offered that not only for our family, but also has offered that for um, for Tony and I, because we've moved around not as much as other people, but we've moved around quite a bit. And so continuing that at home base and that, that type of consistency, that type of steadiness, like, no, you do still get, get to, you don't get to, you have to do school every day, even though 
we have these other distractions in life. That's your consistency. That's your every day. You can count on having the opportunity to read with mom. Mm-hmm. You can count on that one-on-one FaceTime of um, let's get another letter down. Let's do skip mm-hmm. counting again. Let's you get to do that. You get to kind of you're empowering your kid too, to use a really cliche term. You're really empowering your child. Like, you know, you Sam taught himself how to skip count. Mm-hmm. He's six. And I'm like, I've never taught him how to skip count before. I didn't I didn't start yeah. that until after he was like, Mom, I know how to multiply. Like I can multiply two times two is four. I'm like, great, because math is not my strong suit at all. <laughs> you know, I'll do science every single day of the week, but math is a hard one. And and like now my plans for math just went down the drain. <laughs> like you could hear the toilet regurgitating a little bit too. Because oh, no. it's just plumping it. I don't feel and I don't think that what I see, especially everyone has their own their own story, their own background, their own family culture. Every person's an individual and unique. We all know this. There's such a stigma I feel against children, especially right now. Like, oh my gosh, my kids are back to school. I finally get freedom. It's first day of school. Or my kids are home. Now here's a bottle of wine for mommy kind of thing. There's not that, that my kid taught himself skip counting. Like you can teach yourself if you want that one-on-one time, you want that individual time with mom. That's not only a blessing for me as a mother, that's a blessing to you as a kid. You get that opportunity. Not every child gets that opportunity. Mm -hmm. Not every child gets the opportunity to be in a home. Like, you know, and that's, I mean, that is something I think that kids do need that, you know, culture kind of tosses out with the, you know, baby in the bathwater kind of thing. So that's a good point. Yeah. There is such a stigma against just kids and what they, just their activity. I mean, the whole whole wine bottle thing about you're celebrating because your kids go back to school. Really? It cooks my grits a little bit. I don't like just enjoy your people because why do you have them then? (laughs) And some people are more enjoyable than others that I get. But um, yeah, time goes fast and pretty soon they're off having their own life. So they're on people. And I mean, there's a, there's a song Tony used to sing all the time and I can't think about half ass when he comes in, but it's a song about a son who's thinking about his dad, like dad, can you spend time with me? Can you spend, how much can I pay you to take five minutes of your time? Like you go to work and it's so important. Can I pay you $10 or $20 here? Dad, here's a jar of a hundred dollars. Can I buy five minutes of your time? And the dad goes, I can for five minutes, but then I got to go back to work. Well, then they grows up and the dad goes, can I see you? Can I spend time with you? Can I spend time with your son? And he goes, well, you never spend time with me. I'm busy now. Mm. Like, and I think a lot of people, especially in 20s in my generation, and I have a hunch this next generation, especially because of, you know, cell phones. Yeah. They don't, it's time's indispensable. Like it's not, it's not a candy machine. It's not, you can't Snapchat that. You can't. You can't freeze that time. This is what you get now. What you put in in one way or another is going to come back around and put itself back out. Yeah. Like if you, who, who you serve, that's going to come back around. That's still going to be where you put your treasure there. Your heart will be off awesome for, yeah. forever, perpetuating forever. Like, you know, you're not a dog mom. You own a dog. You you yeah. steward the dog. You also steward your child. And if your child's here, you're saying, I'm a dog mom. Like, what do you, what message are you sending your kid? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I mean, okay. or I'm drinking this bottle of wine because my kids are back at school, like, or my kids came home from school and I can't manage. If you can't manage yourself, like I understand it's a long day. I've worked and had kids. You've worked and had kids. Like, yeah, we've all done it. Yeah. You know, it's not one person's story is worse than the other. It's everyone has their own stuff. How are you managing yourself because your kids grow reflect that? Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. What, um, what encouragement would you give to people starting out who are feeling really intimidated and overwhelmed because you, and I think it's kind of interesting from your perspective as a second generation homeschooler. Um, I, cause I've talked to several of second generation and they feel a little bit of sense of overwhelm when they start homeschooling too. Did you feel that? Or did it, was it just an easy transition to jump into that? I mean, I've been in school with Sam since he was about two because he is so high energy and he actually had, um, we lived in Kentucky at the time, so we did speech therapy, occupational therapy, and developmental therapy, I think, mm-hmm. um, for about a year and a half. So when I was doing that, because obviously you get your homework every day, he also had a ton of lip tie before that. 
So if you have ever had a ton of lip tie or a similar situation, you know that there's homework for you as a parent. You have to do, you have to do therapy with your child four days a week. Um, at least in our situation, it was seven days a week, three times a day at the very, very end. So you kind of from, I'm, I mean, you know, I'm a, I'm a person of habit. I like a schedule. I like habits. I like to flip my coin and it to bounce off my sheets. In the morning. Like, yeah. you know, it, <laughs> yeah, that's me. Um, so I got into that rhythm and that habit of I'm doing therapies with Sam three times a day, seven days a week. And that just kind of transitioned into, as he was doing speech and occupational therapy, then you have your homework too. Like mm-hmm. our, our, I still keep in touch with our occupational therapist. And she said, you're, you're the ideal mom candidate because you're so hands-on with your kid. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. parents, your kid needs that hands-onness, you know, stuff happens. And if you're that consistent, that anchor for them, so to speak, then I feel like that really translates into their spiritual walk as well. And into them as a person, into their worldview, into how they view life as a whole mm-hmm. so I mean I guess my encouragement to parents would be I feel like I overcomplicate things I mean still <laughs> <laughs> still overcomplicate things oh look it's a needle and a thread I'm gonna go around the needle and then you know <laughs> um this is I do I overcomplicate things I think I was honestly more sensitive I didn't feel intimidated about homeschooling just to be honest I didn't feel like oh I can't do it um I felt like you really challenged us older kids to help take initiative in um, learning things enough so that it was solidified, you know, excellence. You had it, um, you had to be excellent at it um, in order to move. You didn't have to in order to move on to the next thing, but you were really like, you know, mastery, 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 like really master something. And if you can master it and you can teach it to the next person, then you've truly mastered this and it's stuck in your brain forever. Mm-hmm. And I think as much as I was strong-willed and stubborn, I also took that as a challenge. Like if I can master this, then I, I'm able to do whatever from there. Like if I can learn how to learn, you can learn anything. Mm-hmm. And, and really helping or assisting with younger people, like, okay, now how to, how to help one of my, you know, Uncle Ethan learn how to read or colors type of thing. If I can, if I can teach him that, then I've mastered it. So I think I kind of had a clue what, what all was involved with that to a point. And each child does learn differently. Um, But I think it was more of, I wasn't quite sure. I was kind of waiting for Tony on the lead for that. Cause we went to the um, convention when Sam was a newborn and I think Tony was like this is so great this is so cool then he really you know obviously we had stuff happen in life and he really clammed up to a great degree and it was a lot of back and forth like I definitely didn't want to push anything because you know if you push something on somebody then it's not genuine or authentic or they tend to resent it in the long run and I kind of waited for him to him to feel called and him to feel that conviction of what's God calling you to do. What do you feel God is leading us in our kids? How do you want to see our kids as they grow up? What, you know, how do you want to raise your children? What kind of lifestyle, what kind of worldview, what kind of home do you want it to be that your kids grow up and they go, this is the type of house that I grew up in. This is the people that I came from. This is what I learned. This was my parents' failures and strengths. Um, and so I think I was more sensitive on it. Like, I'd be like, oh, yeah, we're doing this. Or, oh, yeah, we're doing that. But I yeah, I was really waiting for Tony to take the lead on that one more. Yeah. And so I do think I would say if parents, you know, whether that be a mom or a dad, homeschooling, don't look too complicated. Like, the, the beautiful grace that you have with homeschooling is that if your child is not ready to learn the alphabet, you can take an extra year. Yeah. <laughs> You know, you you don't have to be like, you have to learn this now. You're not, you're not bound by those times and those restrictions. Obviously you need to have some type of structure and education, but you know, your kid can learn something as far as, Oh, you know, I'm looking out the window. The pine trees are green. Green starts with gruff. Like that's just, just gruff G like let's make a G with a pine branch kind of thing. You know, and kids really get into that or, Let's see how many G's you can find in this room or how many things that start with G's. Like then it's, you can really take that, that book 
and really make it more hands-on or fun for you as a parent. And then that translates to the kid and you can spend 45 minutes play hide and go seek. Like, yeah, the, the school cops are not going to come and tell you that, you know, I'm sorry, you're, you're three hours for learning this. Uh, you can't learn the letter G anymore, yeah. you know, or it's break time, it's lunchtime or it's time to go home. So I think probably, yeah, probably just don't be so hard on yourself. You know, think outside the box. If you're feeling one way, follow that, that whim. You know, you don't know where that bunny trail is going to lead. Or if your kid's having a really hard day or they don't feel good and they want to learn about airplanes, then find how, you know, letter G is incorporated into the airplane. Yeah. Right. You know? They land on the ground. Exactly. Ground. <laughs> G. Ground. G. Well, I, I think that's really important. Like, give yourself time. You don't have to be hard on yourself because you yeah. have to. And also follow the bunny trails. I mean, we went on a lot of bunny trails. Um, oh, some of them for years, I think. Um, <laughs> where, Beautiful feet horse guide. What? Beautiful feet horse guide. Oh my gosh! Yes, um, <laughs> proud horse owner right over there. Yeah, right. <laughs> that I'm not sure who owns you actually. <laughs> that was such a fun study. I think I did it three or four times with different groups, and it's I, yeah, it's really still one of my very favorite unit studies. It's the Beautiful Feet Horse Guide, um, and we loved that one. I remember when we first did it. Um, we did a lot of beautiful feet guides, didn't we? We did. I was actually talking to Tony about that. Because we did the um we did the geography one, not as a beautiful study too. And then we did some of their history stuff. Um so yeah, big plug for beautiful feet. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, I love, I love it. I, I know I want to get someone to do them with the kids this summer because I think we're just gonna do around goal yeah. leniently. But yeah. But we, yeah. you know, and we did, we did some summers where we took totally off and some summers where we did year round. I mean, it just yep. kind of flowed depending on what we were doing in life and how many kids we had and where we lived. Stuff. Um, but yeah, you have flexibility and the bunny trails are worth taking because they can really change your life. Um, they can. Yeah. And then you become a horse owner and you go, why is it called a frog on the bottom of the book? You know, like, yeah, <laughs> oh, I really? remember on the beautiful feet guy, you know. <laughs> I can show you the whole anatomy of the foot because I cut it dry 12 times. Oh my gosh. I, I wish we still had those notebooks. Uh, now you're making me nostalgic here. <laughs> oh, I'm good at that. I'll make sure to send you a card and you'll cry. I know that, that was such a fun study. Um, they yeah. still have it on there actually. I was like, we need to get that for the kids. You do. And the, and the geography, I just remember the geography one too. We would um we would get the maps out and spread them on the table and Derek would lay down on the table so he could get a bird's eye look at the maps. Of every single one of them. Yeah. Pinky, you know, yep. He's and like, dad, dad would be like, let's paint them all around the dining room. It'll be like a true homeschool room. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Those maps are awesome. distinctly. I love it. I can imagine okay. that actually. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's a great note to end on. Thanks for joining me today, you guys. Mm -hmm. And I, again, this is Kendra and Tony Vitito. Um, Tony went to public school. Kendra was homeschooled. They're now homeschooling their kids and check the show notes because we've got some great resources in there and all the great reasons of why you guys are homeschooling. I love it. I couldn't have said it better myself. So well, a few of the great reasons we have more, but we can talk a lot. You have more. <laughs> we'll have to oh, do yeah. a part but two wait, there's more. Well, we might have to do some, um, some more podcasts. Um, you guys, thanks a lot. Um, make sure to check the show notes on the podcast and we will see you next time at um, Life Skills 101, Life Skills for um, a Digital Age. And again, I'm Lisa at True North Home School Academy. Thanks, you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, everybody. This is Lisa Nearing from True North Home School Academy. And I just want to remind you that you can find all of our classes and clubs, testing, advising, mom's membership, and more at truenorthhomeschoolacademy.com. We do offer live online, dynamic, interactive, small group classes. So when your students take classes with us, they're not in a they're not in a Zoom room full of 100 people. We keep our class sizes small so that the students get to know both the teacher and their fellow students. We um, use a lot of different technology to make the classes dynamic and interactive, including presentations, projects, breakout rooms, virtual whiteboards, and more. Um, we like to say that we use time-tested educational pedagogy coupled with cutting-edge technology to bring the best educational opportunities to your students in, in the privacy of your own home. We do provide syllabus and grading for all classes. 
Um, clubs are more relaxed, so we don't provide syllabus or grading for those, but you can certainly use our clubs for the transcripts, and we'd love to help you know how to do that. Stay tuned this year, 2022, for some exciting new um, classes and clubs being offered by True North M School Academy. Um, we're also going to be offering an honor club, dual enrollment, and so much more. We are honored to partner with you as you homeschool your children. Again, check out truenorthhomeschoolacademy.com. And thanks for listening to today's podcast.